You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of July 28th, 2019. The podcast that put the pedal down to make some time. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's recapitulate the news of the bogus. And the first news is that Bernie Sanders is putting his money where his mouth is in the fight for 15 by paying all of his staffers a minimum of $15 an hour. And in the process, proving economists right about how terrible it is. Yes, the millionaire one percenter with three homes will pay his staffers more per hour, but they will also have their hours cut, meaning they'll have to do the same amount of work in less time, meaning they won't actually make more money overall, and they'll be overworked in the process. It all started when his staffers complained that Sanders was demanding a $15 minimum wage while paying them so-called poverty wages. Somehow, I don't think any of them are living in cardboard boxes. In fact, junior field organizers get roughly $36,000 a year, putting them nicely in the 1% worldwide. And they also get health care and sick leave. Now that's a salary. They're not paid on an hourly basis, which means that if they work more than 42 hours a week, they're making less than $15 an hour. So the solution was not to pay them more money, but to cut their hours. Sanders told the Des Moines Register, quote, It does bother me that people are going outside of the process and going to the media. That is really not acceptable. It is really not what labor negotiations are about, and it's improper. Oh, wow, did you not like it when they exposed your hypocrisy? Poor widow baby. Aaron Colon of The Blaze wrote, This situation is an instructive example of the downside of more than doubling the minimum wage. Companies don't just suddenly get more money to pay employees. They have to make tough decisions, usually either cutting hours or worse, cutting staff. This comes just days after a CBO report concluded that a $15 minimum wage nationwide would result in at least 3.7 million people becoming unemployed, far more than House Democrats estimated. Those lucky enough to keep their jobs will have more duties piled on them as a result. The CBO also said that by reducing business income, raising consumer prices, and reducing the nation's output, a $15 minimum would reduce real family income by about $9 billion. There's just no way around it. In order to get paid $15 an hour, you have to create at least $15 worth of wealth for your employer. Otherwise, your employer can't stay in business. That's just an incontrovertible law of economics. Meanwhile, tax records show that Sanders pays less in taxes and gives less in charity than most people in his income bracket. But it's nice to see people being given a dose of reality. Hopefully more of them will learn the lesson. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything? 
and even make some money yourself. It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit. And so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. So we talk about how bad things are here in the U.S. with regards to spying and other privacy violations, but we need to be reminded that elsewhere in the world, they have it much worse. Kazakhstan is now intercepting and monitoring all web traffic, even traffic that's encrypted. We've covered HTTPS before. It's what gives you that nice little green padlock that lets you know that the content you're getting is directly from that website unadulterated. Well, almost. The certificate system HTTPS uses is based on trusted root certificates that are stored in the browser or in the OS. It's possible for someone to put a trusted root certificate on the OS and require that the system use that certificate to access the web through a gateway, which means that HTTPS and TLS encrypted packets can be decrypted and examined going back and forth. There are legitimate reasons to want to do this. If you're running a corporate network, you need to protect your network against, for example, users inadvertently falling for a phishing attack and going to a phony website that installs ransomware, like several U.S. cities have been hit with recently. This kind of deep packet inspection is crucial for the security of a corporate network. But what Kazakhstan is doing is wanting to apply this countrywide. Local ISPs have been instructed by the government to force their users to install a government-issued root certificate on all of their devices and in every web browser. Once the user has the certificate, all government agencies will be able to decrypt the traffic of their citizens. People accessing the web without this root cert will find they can only access certain web pages instructing them to install the certificate. Personally, I give it a year before it's hacked. This really does break the web security model. Unlike a corporate network where an IT department has full control, users are just doing whatever on their home systems. And we've seen well-meaning but misguided attempts from companies like Avast Antivirus to put their own root certificate on users' computers to inspect web traffic for viruses. What happened? Their root cert got hacked, and hackers used it to intercept web traffic and steal passwords and other private data for millions of Avast users. There's nothing stopping the same thing from happening here. Ministers claim the measure is, quote, aimed at enhancing the protection of citizens, government bodies, and private companies from hacker attacks, internet fraudsters, and other types of cyber threats. But if you try to do that by breaking the very public key infrastructure we rely on to secure the web every day, you're using a cure that's far worse than the disease. 
Not only that, but Kazakhstan is hardly known for its devotion to human rights. It has a horrendous track record for repressing people for political views, even mothers sitting in prison just for expressing their constitutional rights. People in Kazakhstan are finding that the only way they can organize political opposition is online, where they can communicate privately. Kazakhstan first tried to issue this requirement in 2016, but this was stopped by lawsuits from several organizations, including ISPs, banks, and foreign governments, all of whom were rightfully worried about this weakening of security of all traffic coming to and from Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan also tried to get Mozilla to include their root certain Firefox, but Mozilla rejected it. Currently, Mozilla, Google, and Microsoft are discussing how to deal with connections originating from Kazakhstan that are re-encrypted using the certificate. Options include revoking the green padlock, adding a banner notifying the user that they're being monitored, giving the user an insecure site warning, or even blocking traffic from the country entirely. They still haven't reached a decision, but hopefully the result will be a decisive blow against governments treating the Internet like their own private listening post. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality Internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. As long as it's encrypted, you're safe, right? Well, not so much. Encryption is only one part of being secure online. A myth going around for years is that you're safe as long as websites just collect anonymized metadata. We've covered before how that isn't quite true, but a new study in Nature Communications shows it's even worse than security experts thought. The idea of anonymizing or de-identifying data is that you strip out all identifying information like name, address, and so on, and you can still analyze the data without identifying individuals. You might think that things like age, zip code, and gender aren't that big a deal since there have to be lots of other people that match, but it pairs it down quite a bit. They can't be sure it's you, but they can make a good guess. And the more pieces of anonymized data they have, like your occupation, the model of your car, the number of people in your home, etc., the closer they can guess. With enough of these, they can match you precisely. According to the study, quote, Using our model, we find that 99.98% of Americans would be correctly re-identified in any data set using 15 demographic attributes. Our results suggest that even heavily sampled anonymized datasets are unlikely to satisfy the modern standards for anonymization set forth by GDPR and seriously challenge the technical and legal adequacy of the de-identification release-and-forget model. The authors created an online tool called Too Unique to Hide so you can see how easily you can be de-anonymized. Spoiler alert, 
You probably can, to a high degree of accuracy, with just a few questions. So the next time you fill out a form, unless it's something like a bank where you legally have to provide accurate information, or sign up to a website or take one of those What Kind of Disney Princess Are You? quizzes, the best advice seems to be the same one given from the early days of the web. Lie. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to retrofit this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. And this week it goes to Attorney General William Barr for yet another call for encryption backdoors accessible by government. At first I wasn't going to do this story because yet another politician whining about how encryption means they can't infringe on our rights. Cry me a river. Plus we just covered a much worse story about Kazakhstan. But there's an interesting twist to this one. In a speech in New York this past Tuesday, Barr echoed a call from his predecessors and other senior staff at the DOJ for tech companies to allow federal authorities to gain access to encrypted storage and communications when they have a warrant. Okay, all the old stuff applies. Encryption is math. It doesn't know when you have a warrant and when you don't. A backdoor that can let the good guys in can let the bad guys in, etc. There's just no way to do it securely. But Barr said, quote, the significance of the risk should be assessed based on its practical effect on consumer cybersecurity, as well as its relation to the net risks that offering the product poses for society. Did you get that? The twist is that before, politicians were insisting that this could be done without any sort of risk to our security, which is ridiculous. Their solution was simply for the nerds to nerd harder. Now, Barr is admitting that there might be a small risk, way understating it, but that this must be weighed against the advantages of being able to use these investigative techniques. He said, quote, We are talking about consumer products and services such as messaging, smartphones, email, and voice and data applications, not talking about protecting the nation's nuclear launch codes. This shows how little politicians think of you. They don't understand how hacks on these things can be life-altering. Some people have even committed suicide in the wake of such attacks. But no, that doesn't matter. Only government stuff matters. Senator Ron Wyden said in response, quote, 
If we give this attorney general and this president the unprecedented power to break encryption across the board, burrow into the most intimate details of every American's life, they will abuse those powers. There's only one thing he got wrong. It's not just this president and this AG. It's any of them. None of them, Democrat, Republican, or whatever, can be trusted with this. But Barr did at least finally admit that a government backdoor is a security risk. So that's an interesting change. Is this a chink in their armor that will one day grow into a complete fracture? Either way, it's enough to get William Barr this week's biggest bogan emitter. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's super agitate this week's Idiot Extraordinaire. Riddle me this. Who is it the government is not capable of spying on? Well, apparently the answer is its own people, at least according to the Office of the Inspector General, who released its semi-annual report to Congress covering the NSA saying that, although the agency's ability to collect things like phone records remains pretty much unconstrained, they just can't seem to keep tabs on their own employees. This has been noticed before. The NSA has the power to collect email and content metadata en masse using high-end data centers with state-of-the-art hardware and software. But when it comes to responding to FOIA requests, it just doesn't seem to be up to the task. Although it's expert at collecting our emails, they don't seem to be able to search internal emails with any degree of accuracy or efficiency. When it comes to spying on us, they brag about having the world's best systems. When it comes to transparency and accountability of their own people, they complain about archaic systems. And as we know from the Snowden revelations, the NSA collected financial records and credit card transactions via FISA-approved warrants with no judicial oversight because anything Americans share with someone else can also be forcibly shared with the government. Because terrorism, don't you know? And yet, as this report says, when it comes down to the transactions of its own people, quote, We found that agency personnel did not adequately monitor cardhold activities, which may have permitted improper cash advances and other misuse of individually billed travel cards. We also made several other findings, including that the agency did not reconcile centrally billed travel charge card accounts in a timely fashion, and that it failed to provide mandatory travel card training. These risks potentially impact the agency's financial liability and public trust in its stewardship of taxpayer dollars. 
Still, you'd think that with a name like the National Security Agency, they'd be tops in, well, security, but... In accordance with U.S. Office of Management and Budget Guidance, the OIG is required to assess the effectiveness of information security programs on a maturity model spectrum, which ranges from Level 1, ad hoc, to Level 5, optimized. The review found that there is room for improvement in all eight IT security areas. In fact, not a single area scored higher than three. Scoring three were identity and access management and security training. Scoring two, meaning it's just defined but never implemented, was risk management, configuration management, data protection and privacy, continuous monitoring, and incident response. Getting the lowest possible score of one was contingency planning, which is probably why it always seems to be flummoxed whenever someone grabs a bunch of documents and gives them to the press. Maybe the NSA should stand for not subject to accountability. Either way, for failing this hard at doing what they so easily do to the rest of us, the NSA just has to be named this week's Idiot Well, that wraps up this Who Knows Which is Which and Who is Who edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please go to donate.bogosity.tv where you can give using PayPal or crypto or subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar to get the podcast and YouTube videos early and ad-free. You can even support this podcast for free with the airtime extension. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Cory Doctorow. The U.S. system is rigged to create a halo of buck-passing unaccountability. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.